0: You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union Zero 430 podcast, brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the Force of Optics.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 83. And as usual, like I always say, we have a great show for you tonight. But we really, really do have a great show for you tonight. We've got a new guest on. um, One of Philly's, uh, one of the people that Philly follows, told us about it. I think he's awesome. Um, So we brought him on. Um, Before we get into the show and, and the normal introductions and stuff, um, Dave and I had, a, had an, an announcement I wanted to do it right at the beginning Dave and then make sure that we get it out there right off the start so um, thank you so much to Laurie Ann Horse of the Canadian Sportswoman Society who has uh, extended an invitation to Dave and I uh, and Phil and, and Mark is going to join us um, and we're going to go to the Toronto Sportsman Show on the 19th of March we're going to be there all day we're going to set up a booth we're going to do a show. We're going to do some Q and a um, Phil's probably going to go model something and, and, you know,
0: probably sign, autographs.
1: sign autographs. Yeah. Phil's probably going to bring, come, come with some eight by 10 headshots and sign some autographs and stuff. And glamorous. Over- shots. Glamour. I, I,
2: I think you should also mention that uh, if people at the sportsman show, follow us on YouTube, there might be prizes. I don't
1: know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The- Oh yeah there's probably going to be prizes if you, if you know Craig Mintz there might be
2: prizes <laughs>
1: yeah and yeah, how's that uh, sound yeah and uh Vortex uh is going to be uh they will be having Ooh. something to do with it too so um so the 19th of March everybody um for the millions and millions of fans please head to the Toronto Sportsman Show on the 19th of March come hang out with us come say hi um we'd love it um that's that. Let's get on with the show. As usual, we got Phil up in Port Perry. We got Mark just outside the nation's capital in Ashton, Ontario. Dave up in King And I believe, I honestly believe, Jake, you are the very first person from Arkansas to come on the show. So we got Jake Maxwell from Arkansas coming on. And I'm going to say this right now. Um, Write this down, Chase and Green you had to check out this YouTube channel because I can honestly say it is probably one of the best that I've seen. Um, I absolutely love it and I'm thrilled to have him on. So Jake, buddy, thank you so much for taking some time tonight and coming and hanging out with us.
3: Man, I just appreciate you guys for having me. And I I thank thank you a lot for those kind words. Um, We definitely try our best and I'm just glad to be here and talk some ducks. Yeah man. Well,
1: I tell you, after I watched the video, I got a hold of Dave. So Dave so this is new to Dave and I, right? This whole YouTube channel and and trying to, you know, put out just like what you're saying, right? You try to put out a good a good product and good content stuff that people is going to uh enjoy and and dave and i are always bouncing stuff back and we're like well man we, it would be good if we can do this and we can do that but like i watched what you guys were doing the other day and you know the uh what is it the, is your nickname for one of your buddies golden um with the golden boy yeah, golden boy. yeah. like he's got the the <laughs> gopro on his head and then you've got the video camera the boy like you multiple angles um you know you see the birds coming in you'd see everything and then you get to see the shot of the bird like it was just multiple angles the amount of time it must take you to edit it must be crazy
3: yeah man it well it gets easier over time you like i said we've been doing this for maybe i don't know four or five seasons now so you kind of get a system or a process for it and it makes it a lot easier but it still takes a good bit of time it's probably six or eight hours on each video just depending on what's going on but you know, it took us a long time to try to get everything we wanted into each video. It's just really hard to switch from that hunter mindset to (laughs) I'm now a filmmaker mindset. Like I'm worried about the decoys, the calling and all this. I'm not worried about, you know, the camera and really trying to switch and make sure we were doing enough talking and telling enough, you know, what's going on and making sure we're teaching people stuff. That took a long time to to make that a habit. (laughs) Yeah. Muscle memory, right? Trying to
1: yeah. trying to do that. Um, so tell us about Chase and Green and, and how it started, like you said, four or five years. Tell us about, you know, um, actually tell us about what we were talking about at first, where you said when we were talking about growing up in, in Arkansas and, and how life, how duck hunting and everything
3: sort of made choices for you. Sure, man. Yeah. Well, here in Arkansas, you know, they call it the duck capital of the world, which it may have used used to have been that, but things have definitely changed over the past few years. But you just grow up, at least most kids do duck hunting. It's a huge part of the culture here. You know, school used to let out for it on opening day and or the day before. And it's just a big part of the culture here. I mean. My dad was carrying me probably when I was two or three years old. So that's how a lot of people start here. You know, just as soon as they can walk their dads or their grandpas or somebody's carrying them duck hunting. So I've basically been doing it my entire life here. And from the kid to the time I was in college, you know, every decision I made revolved around (laughs) how much time I can get to duck hunting. So I mean I went to I went to college for four years, and I don't think I went to a single class between November and February, which I don't <laughs> recommend that
4: but um, I somehow pulled it off but um No, yeah, that don't know Jake, Jake went to college for four years. it was a two year program.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah, there you go <laughs> yeah. I still didn't finish <laughs> but but yeah that's it's just always been a big part of my life, and those you know around me it's a big part of their life so. It's something that i've always done and have wanted to do and you know we grew up back in those days i don't know if if you guys seen it in canada or, or your area but duck commander was huge when yeah. i was growing up you know primos um, all those guys and we watched those videos non-stop you know that mm-hmm. was what got us through the off season until duck season started again and so i just always wanted to film duck hunts i don't really know why it was just a, a burning passion of mine that's what i wanted to do And And YouTube was the perfect avenue for that. Um, You know, it really changed the game for people like me who, you know, back in the day when it was all TV, it was really hard to get into film and hunts. And, you know, YouTube's definitely made that easier. It's really, really an awesome thing.
4: There was like no GoPros back then. And I think honestly, like GoPros have been like a huge, huge, let's say, help or, or leap in small and smaller guys like getting into filming because you can go buy what three or four for say like a thousand bucks 1500 bucks
1: you just bought a brand new one mark so the newest one how much did you pay for the brand new go on,
2: on sale right now i paid 550
1: so 550 and that's like a 4k video right
0: 5.3k but You're not going to be recording in 5.3K and then trying to edit it. Uh, Lots of K. (laughs) What do you guys use for recording? I'm sure you're using more than GoPros.
3: Yeah, man, there's kind of a a camera that's really just, I guess you could call it the industry standard. Uh, It's a Sony NX80. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Haunt in Public. They use it. Titus from Mid-Valley Mercenary, he uses it. Freelance uses it. I use it. It's just kind of, it's really a high-end it's really that, that camera that's in between the prosumer and an actual pro, you know, it's about a $2,500 camera and it, it does the job. It's great low light and you can do pretty much anything you want to do with it. So we've kind of moved up to that and we use usually two GoPros and, and really anything more than that, man, it gets hard to do by yourself. Um, just keeping up with all that SDs and batteries and, angles and positions it can kind of it can kind of overwhelm you if you get too much but yeah. where did
2: you start so damien and i are trying to figure out filming our hunts too right yeah. where did mm-hmm. you start with a camera like we're we're just going to go out there with some gopros and mark and phil are going to be doing this too right but people can start with just a gopro they don't need this 2500 camera
3: do they no definitely not man um which we started with just a little handheld i had a buddy um Glenn he was he used to be on the channel he actually quit I guess lat right before this season and so it was me and him that kind of started this thing and we would just switch out with the handheld camera and we had a GoPro too but we wanted to go away from the GoPro just because that's what everybody does and we wanted to to give it that old school television feel and um so we just bought a cheap you know, $300 handheld Canon, which did the job, but it, it definitely wasn't, you know, perfect by any means, but yeah, GoPro is plenty good. You know, it's really more about telling a good story and, and, you know, give, giving value to people. If you're trying to do what I do, which is either teach them or entertain them. I mean, that's kind of your two two roads.
0: Yeah. Like
4: the, the, like the nice thing about the GoPros is like the versatility and the size, right? Like you can mount them you know a lot of places but for the most part that's what everyone does it gets yeah. fixed to something and that's it whereas like say running that sony that you that you have like you can move sure and i think a, i think a lot of like in the video and stuff like having you know like those moving shots one adds to the content that you're putting out and just you know makes it look that much better than someone else that's just running Go- gopro strapped to a dog strapped to your head strapped to a tree or whatever right it's it's you know all still video or as opposed to like you said running a camera like a legit camera you're more interactive with the scenario and and well a few aspects of hunting and such so that was the point that i was i was sort of kind of trying to
1: get across with the multiple camera angles that they use right so um jake was had the had the main camera he was in behind and then the boys were up in front that were doing the shooting with with the GoPros on their head. So Jake is getting capturing what we would say the really good video was, and then it would be like the two to three seconds of just the the shot with the with the GoPro, right? And it just it just made it it just added that little bit more. Um, I don't know. It just it just made it look better. And, and like, I I feel bad for Dave because I'm the type of person that's like, well, we need, um, we need a camera. Let's go buy a camera. So (laughs) camera's $3,000. Let's go buy $3,000 camera. And then Dave's like, well, hold on. We don't need to go buy. Yeah. Pump the brakes. One, we don't have $3,000. Um, and second, um, we don't need it because we can take our time and get it right so i feel bad for dave because he's always got to reel me in when it comes to stuff like that um but yeah like we we got
2: reeled in because uh i was i've been researching cameras for a while and i was like okay we need like i don't know if you've seen the sony zv1 and the zve 10 so they got this feature mode and it's it's product feature so like if you're if you're trying to show like your duck call You can be talking about it and it's focused on your face. And then when you move it, when you move the product closer to the camera, it focuses on the product. And I'm like, Damien, this is the camera I want, right? The zve 10 the brand new one, thousand box changeable lenses and shit like that. This is what we should get. Get looking at it. You can't get them. They had to cease production on them because of the stupid chips with COVID and all this shit. Like, really? They're not. So, guess what? We're on the hunt for a different camera now. And <laughs> you just put a $2,500 camera into Damien's ear. <laughs> well, that's 20,
1: actually, wait now. That's $2,500 American. So that's like 10 grand Canadian. <laughs> yeah. 2900
4: yeah. Canadian. I just looked it up. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: But now so I, I would definitely say it's not near as much about the equipment as it is you know, you tell it me or story. the
1: content I should get. And it. I would
3: definitely recommend getting just something that'll get you by. And it, kind of lets you know, it, lets you learn what you want before you. So that way, when you do make a big buy, you can kind of more fit it to that your style, sense. versus just kind of going and getting something that may or may not be what you want. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. But if, um I really wanted the boys. If you,
1: if, if, as usual, if you got something to ask, Jay, jump in, go for it, Phil. Yeah.
4: So without getting into, cause like, this is what, what draws me in so much to your channel, Jake, is like all these spots and stuff that you hunt. Now, without getting into specific locations, states and such as to where you hunt, what are the lands that you hunt? Obviously like you're primarily you're hunting like 99% of the shoots that you do is in water. Now, is it all just random public, public lakes, public water bodies, or, or is there like special like state run areas that are managed by the state for waterfowl hunting like what what are these spots that where you hunt primarily like what the one episode i saw you hunt you hunted public standing corn that drove (laughs) me nuts because there's no public standing corn in ontario
3: well basically you know we hunt i'd say 95 percent public i mean we get invited to some private here and there but most of it's public and you know tradition traditionally growing up i hunted a lot of federal stuff which, you know, here is National Wildlife Refugees. It's it's kind of not a state thing. It's a whole national thing. Yeah. And it's managed and funded by the federal government. Well, there's all kind of laws uh, that kind of makes it hard to film on those commercially, which those wasn't really intended for YouTubers, but we got the, the bad end of the stick on that. So all the stuff that I normally hunted growing up, I had to kind of just throw to the side because I couldn't film on it. So basically all the stuff I hunt is state-owned or Corps of Engineers-owned, which is a lot of the lakes and stuff you see me on. Um, The Corps of Engineers manage and run those, and they'll let the state come in and plant stuff and kind of manage for ducks on them, but also all the states that we hunt do a lot for, for duck management. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of acres, like that corn, you know, that's just something that the state manages, and there's just tons of what we call wildlife management areas, and That's usually what you see me on is state land or core engineer land. And we just have a ton of that, thankfully. Um, And that's kind of a a strategy of mine when I go to a state, I go to a state that has a lot of options. Um, So I'm not, anytime you don't have a lot of options, you're just relying on a lot to go your way. Like the ducks need to be there and there needs to not be any pressure. If there's a lot of public land, you know, it just really opens up what you're able to do. So. But the corn is awesome. Yeah, you know, i never hunted corn. We don't grow corn here in Arkansas, at least for public. And so that was kind of my first time ever dealing with it either or as well. And they just, they did a great job with it. I mean, it was perfect. You know, they left some standing and they cut a lot of it. So you could just stand in the corn. You didn't have to worry about hide. And, and it was just feet down in the decoys. It was exactly what you wanted.
4: Yeah, that, that's not even remotely a thing here. <laughs> we're, we're we're blessed in a sense especially where i am like living on the courses um like <clears throat> for the most part like i can go out and hunt willy-nilly anywhere out in the course like as long as you're obviously not set up on you know someone's beach in front of their cottage anything that's like marshy-ish land and just, you said know, you're you're a good couple hundred yards away from like a cottage or whatnot like it's just a free-for-all now there is an, there is an exception. So the lakes that I live on, I'm like, like the town that I'm in, like it's right on one of the core of the lakes. There's legit a huge massive section on the south end of the land. Like I think we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 2000 acres and it's a private duck club, mm. which is also like next to not heard of here in Ontario. Like there's a, we've, there's a couple private clubs down on Lake St. Clair, obviously, um, but yeah, like there's this massive section at the southern end of uh, the lake that I'm on. This is it's roughly 2,000 acres. And believe me, it is well posted. You ain't not getting in there. Yeah. No. They believe they, they, they know like every 10 feet, there's a sign. No trespassing, no hunting, stay out. And I don't know how well they do in there. But again, like, you know, it's it's all wild rice. It's all shallow water. Like it's, you know, some amazing habitat and good shooting grounds.
3: Sure. And, you know, just people get real excited about corn. And honestly, it's just, you know, I travel a lot and I hunt a lot of ducks. It's not the end all be all with mallards. It's just not, I mean, they definitely use it. Don't get me wrong, but I've killed way more ducks and, you know, moist soil stuff, smart weed, barnyard grass, you know, just natural, which is, that's what I'm hunting a lot in these lakes. They'll have the lakes high and then lower them and then put water back on them. And they're really you know the management style they use for the lakes goes well with ducks and they're not even really intentionally doing it but it just happens to work out uh, to where they grow a lot of habitat for for ducks and uh, that definitely killed the most the majority of the ducks over my life in moist soil stuff and it, it, they just they love it <laughs> especially at certain times of the year I
1: Wanted to take a, a take a moment here to uh, start a new hashtag, Dave.
0: Uh, you weren't on when when I brought this up earlier, but um, excuse me, boys. Talk amongst. Sorry. I need to. Um, so new hashtag. We're gonna
1: start it. Green noggin. I love it. <laughs> I heard it the other day on his on his uh, on his video, and they they. I love, I, I just can't talk enough about this video. And and, and I really like it because it, it really does all the things that Dave and I had set out or, or what our goals are when it comes to the type of stuff. So I'm going to tell you right now, we are 100% going to copy everything that you do. Like I'm not- Except I'm, for the $3,000 camera. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hope that we get the 18, like- that video, 18,000 views when I looked at it and I'm like, man, like this must be like first when I looked at it, I was like, this must be a crazy good video. 18,000 people watched it. And you know what? The thing that I I love the most about it, and this is something that I think we're finally just starting to see people um, that do videos bring up. And it was you had a legitimate concern where were you guys going to hide for that hunt because you found the birds you definitely found birds and then you were like how are we going to hide in this like it's not going to be easy to to get down there and hide and be able to hunt from this and then of course the wind didn't work out for you you were side shooting everything um but I, I man, like I really can't say enough good things about that video because everything—the education, the shooting, the calling, the placement of the birds, doing your best to hide in—in in that what we would call it was almost like eel grass um, on the side of this lake, right? Like hardly next to no cover whatsoever. But the fellas got down nice and low and were able to pull it off. So. It it was a, it was a really good video. And I think a video that more young, or I shouldn't say young, more new hunters need to see, because there's a lot more that goes into it than just pulling the trigger and dropping green noggins. There's a, there's a ton that goes into it. And I think you guys did an amazing
3: job in showing it. Well, man, I, like I said, I greatly appreciate that. Um, that's one of my favorite videos as well. It just, it, the story kind of told itself, and those those are always awesome. But yeah, they had lowered this lake, and so, you know, when they dropped it, all the bank was just smooth. I mean, water had been over it, so it was just rocks. There was nothing there, and we just laid out the uh, the layouts, and grabbed as much driftwood and stuff like that as we could off the banks and it really worked out those layouts were key and you probably could have got away with an a-frame there too but if i can get a layout i just prefer it just because you're you're for sure going to be good in those you may or may not an a-frame and um it worked out well on that hunt the wind was definitely <laughs> almost as bad as it could have been for us but they were they wanted in that smart weed and i'm sure if you watch it you see that's what the ducks were coming to there was a patch of smart weed there that they had been feeding in for like three days and we we actually smoked them there for the next the following three days after that video oh really um, yeah they wanted it and they kept coming <laughs> that was awesome yeah it was it was a, a great hunt man i'd never hunted them on just wide open big water like that before and it was it was awesome so what's it like setting up in the
2: morning when you've got all the cameras to get those right angles like do you come out and you just like toss your decoys and kind of your u-shape and then it's like okay now we got to figure out the cameras like go through your
3: morning setup well it's definitely about all about the ducks first usually i mean we'll do what we got to do to get to kill the ducks i mean obviously we'd want the wind to be perfect where they're coming right in your face and they're gonna be great for camera but you know sometimes we have to, to set up to where they're going to come over our heads and and you know that obviously sucks for video and because you're not going to see them until they're right in front of your face um, so we try to try to make sure we're actually going to get them in there and do them right for killing first and then worry about now how are we going to film it uh, because that's usually just how it works out there's usually only one or two ways you're going to be able to set up and most of the time that's not going to be best for filming but um we usually just run you know one gopro and that's either on you know a mojo pole or some kind of stick that we have staked out or we run one on our heads and then another guy is holding you know the big camera and he can get pretty much wherever so it's it's really not that much to it we spend way more on the on the duck hunting side of things and then we're like well let's just film it the best we can And you usually have to wait on a group or two because you never really know exactly what they're going to do, especially if the wind's not really pronounced. I mean, they could get in there and do anything. So we usually have to let a group or two come through early and then we adjust, you know, what we need to with the cameras to get it perfect.
2: And how much footage do you find you guys are unable to use? Like it just wasn't right or too too dark or what? Or do you get to use most of it?
3: With that good camera, that's kind of, a huge difference in a cheap camera and a good camera a good camera you're going to pretty well be able to like my camera now will see before you can so i mean you know i can see when it's almost pitch black especially you know it's even got night vision if i wanted to film you know in really low light so there's really never a time where it's too dark for it but you know every once in a while especially early we would you know following the ducks is pretty difficult to get used to it and we would get them in and out of frame but nowadays we really don't miss much um it's always better to to zoom out too far than to zoom in too far so as long as you're just kind of halfway pointing the camera in the right direction you're going to get something and we just hope for the best most of the time (laughs) it's really more of a miracle that we get anything if you (laughs) watch our process you would you just it would blow your mind how unorganized and and just how crazy it is man it just chaos yeah organized chaos man it's it's tough it's it's like i said the main struggle with the whole thing is trying to to think about the filming while also thinking about the hunting. That's just huge, and, man.
2: And how do you pick who holds the camera for the day? Is it like who draws the short straw or?
3: Well, see, like I said before, me and my partner, Glenn, um, we used to be, you know, like 50-50 partners. And so we would just switch up every day. And because we hunted every day. So the first guy would shoot his limit, then we'd switch out. And now it's just me. And I just happen to hunt. Yeah, I found a new hunting buddy, Golden Boy, that's uh, what I call him, and he films too. He's got his own YouTube channel, so we just kind of share footage pretty much, and typically now that I'm by myself, I'll film with the big camera early because GoPro sucks in low light, so I'll film other people shooting and then throw my GoPro on, you know, once I think it's light enough to to get good footage.
0: Have you guys, uh, have you done any training courses, research yourself, or are you just winging it?
3: we just winged it man I mean it probably helped
0: but we just went for it which
3: like I said you know I grew up watching a lot of duck of stuff so I kind of knew what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um it was more about just figuring it out and training yourself to do all these little things and think about stuff I mean it's hard to think about when you're out there when you get back home and you're watching it I mean you see everything you should have done oh I should have got this angle I should have got this guy calling and I should have got this b-roll but when you're out there it's hard to you almost need like a checklist of stuff that you need to really tell the story. And the more right. you do it though, the better you get. I mean, I'm just now getting, and we're by no means perfect, but we're just now
4: getting to the point to where it's halfway what I want it to be. So yeah, I think a lot of it, like said, so just same with waterfowl. It's just experience time in the field.
0: Exactly. And it's obviously
4: the, the more time, the more time you're out there, the more, you know, time you're spending doing it, the better you're going to get. It's like the same, like, you no, know, I got a, a DSLR. I, I shoot some pics here and there and it's just you know like i look at my instagram account and even over like the last two years those first handful of photos i posted to the stuff now it's just it's just time just a nice little track. plug.
1: That's, that's a nice again. little plug for philly's uh photography right is only, eh? His nice only li- fans yeah, yeah nice little <laughs> plug right there
4: hey like buddy said, it's, it's 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 20 bucks to receive it. <laughs> A new photo of me. It's fifty dollars to not receive it.
0: <laughs>
4: Camera gear is expensive.
0: <laughs>
1: nice little plug. daddy. Daddy needs a new lens. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, so what? So now, obviously, the season. Your season is done. Um, are you guys out chasing snows
3: right now? I'm not. I mean, I'd no. like to be, but um, you know, our duck hunt. Like I said, all all winter. So February is usually pretty tight, money wise. So I have to <laughs> slow down and get back get back to real life. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would definitely like to. But really, I spend most of you know the spring fishing and and turkey hunting. So I'm really looking forward for turkey season. Yeah, that's coming so, yeah. up here real soon. That's coming up real
1: soon.
4: We right, yeah. have two the first turkey two and a half
2: two two months april 25th it's like it's yeah two months Almost in a week
3: there. we're getting right. there. close yeah, yeah turkey is awesome i actually killed my first one last year and uh man i'm hooked now <laughs> when, you're, when you're calling and they're gobbling it's hard to beat it is. Yeah, that first
0: yards away
3: <laughs> that yeah.
1: first the first gobble in the morning that's what sends the shiver up your spine right like you're just sitting there everything is quiet and you're just waiting waiting for that first sound and when you hear that first gobble it's goosebumps and everything all over you're like Ooh, the witching oh, yeah. hour is upon us <laughs> I, yeah.
2: I tried to fill my son's uh first turkey and I was like, I was having problems. Like, man, I can't get a good shot. Like that it's pitch black when we're hearing all this and we're setting up and it's pitch black. And then I started like doing some research on it. And yeah, that's why most of these uh, like TV shows that you see, they're hunting like mid afternoon or, or late morning because like the sun's out and it's, you're in the middle of the forest trying to hunt. You need the light. Yeah. Right. So that was kind yeah. of a screw that. I don't got a lot of time. So this is
0: a, oh, yeah. a call that
3: Dave made. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. That's awesome, man. Oh,
1: now I gotta pull mine out. (laughs) Awesome. Phil's pulling. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't try mine. I didn't
4: (laughs) two by (laughs) David. Um Oh, I'm like I'm like tangled in my vest and the mess. (laughs) So yeah, thanks to David. I've got my thin blue line.
3: Ah, turkey call
4: and then who knows what this is but it's just like beautiful
2: spalted maple that's what i was gonna say i was gonna
0: say and like
4: some like acrylic Yeah, so beautiful it's almost as nice
0: as mine
1: (laughs) (laughs) right mine mine's nicer so um i don't know what to Um, tell you um i don't know i don't know i don't know what to tell you um so what's so any big plans like, so obviously now you're, 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 you're sucked back now the the season's over time, time to refill the bank accounts, um, get ready for a busy, you know, once, once the grass starts growing and then you're back to work. So you got all spring, all summer, um, back to work, doing your, your regular job and everything. Is there anything on the drawn board for For the next season that you guys at Jason Green want to like is there anything you want to click off like a bucket list hunt or or anything that you want to add to your youtube channel that that it's just the next progression, the next step into taking over the world
3: in in the waterfowling <laughs> industry uh, well, I don't know about taking over, but. Definitely. I mean, there's, I have tons of trips that i like to do. I mean, my favorite thing to do with the channel is to go to new areas I've never been to and break it down. I mean, I think that's the most beneficial, you know, especially public around, you know, you go to a new spot and you figure it out. I just think people can get the most value from that because that's what they're typically doing. So there's a lot of new states I'm always trying to hit. They're always on the list and it really usually comes down to how much funds I have one ball rolls around. So, if I have the funds, I'd like to go to South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana. Um, Even wouldn't mind hitting like uh, Illinois or Iowa, something in the Mississippi Flyway. I mean, there's a ton of places I'd like to go. And uh, yeah, Ontario,
1: nothing wrong with coming. Nothing wrong with coming Ontario and hunting, buddy. We don't have the numbers that you guys got, but it'll still be a good time. We'll we'll show you different different
3: water. Yeah, Canada is yeah. definitely huge on my bucket list, and I'm not sure where I want to go. Uh, probably, I was kind of thinking Alberta, honestly. I I That's think I doing. would go Saskatchewan personally. Saskatchewan or Alberta?
1: Yeah. yeah. Like if I if I had my choice, uh, <laughs> I I never hunted Alberta, um, but I hunted Saskatchewan, and dude, I've never experienced anything like it before in my life. It was like. Mallards like I so with my phone right so the second morning we're literally just sitting on the ground on 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 these backboards in in Tyvek suits because we 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 targeted snows but we never really got into the snows that much but the second morning I said I'm not even picking up my gun for legal time I'm just going to try and get some videos of these mallards and I'm not joking that like mallards are flying in and like here to my face before they're like, Whoa. And then just like, it was unbelievable. Um, So our other buddy that that's on the show with us, Ryan, um, he was out there with me and uh, yeah, dude, like you will not be disappointed in Saskatchewan. I promise you that. But then I would think if, if you're in Saskatchewan, I would think Montana would be the same, right? Yeah. Or, or um, the Dakotas.
3: That's kind of what my thoughts were. If I got to hit one of those, I would yeah. like to go and just cross the border and and um, hunt somewhere in Canada as well. Uh, I would definitely like to come a little later, you know, than what people normally come.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you know, most people are trying to hit it for September, early October. You know, I want them to be cleaned It's so crazy.
1: Pretty- it's so crazy out there, right? Because once, like, the weather is is so unpredictable. Like, it could be, it could be just lights out hunting and then bam that's that cold front comes in and everything is gone like everything there's nothing left right um so
3: it it's it's a gamble waiting late like yeah it's it's a big gamble yeah yeah that's kind of what i've been told but i just um i've heard if you catch it right it can be just oh yeah yeah yeah
1: well we we went out it was um so Canadian Thanksgiving, what's that like? The third weekend in October. Second Monday. Second Monday in o- So we were out there the mid mid October, and it was it was prime then. Mm. Um, so awesome. I think I think you'll be good anytime you went out there as long as, as long as you beat the the cold front that snow. I think you'll be yeah. Yeah, I think you'll be good, but you know, like I said, uh, the Dakotas, Montana. It's all, it's all pothole region, right? So it should all be holding the same number of birds. um, They're just
3: coming due south, really. Sure. But yeah, that's just kind of the plans for me is to just travel more. And, you know, I usually spend the off season just putting out, I save a lot of hunts um that I don't put out in January you know like I told you we we shot ducks two or three days after that video you watched I have all that on film I'll probably start putting that out late summer I do a lot of you know tips gear reviews stuff like that and so basically it'll be rolling all that stuff until till season and then hopefully from there on it'll be chasing mallards
1: (laughs) so Oh, so educate me then so when is your teal season so you have a separate teal season as to your regular duck right
3: yeah it's called early september teal season it usually starts the first week of september for the second week
1: and then i I don't know how you guys do
3: it oh you're talking about like the heat
2: no i mean like here in ontario (laughs) we got people that can't tell a grebe from a mallard let alone
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it can be tough man, but honestly most of the places there's not you know like the ducks don't live in the south. So there's really nothing going to be there but deal. I mean right. you may see a, another duck here or there, but you know the ducks are migrating down to us. And so before they get there there's none there. So there's really I mean there ever once in a while there may be a you know some other kind of species, but typically you know it's just going to be blue wings.
4: Yeah. When so, in doubt, land them. Waters, swat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do, we're, do we're you not waters, do
1: wings. you not see green wings at all?
3: We do. Uh, yeah. And it kind of depends on the year. And like this past September till you know we shot probably fifty fifty. Okay. But, you know, usually it's you know just depending on where you are, what state you're in. You know, I'd say eighty to ninety percent blue wings. Um.
4: No, if it's moving at 60, 60 miles an hour. If it's moving at sixty miles an hour, it's a teal.
3: Yeah.
4: If it's, if it's moving at thirty miles an hour, it's an other duck. So, yeah.
1: so here's something for you. And and I'm I don't want to take away from mm-hmm. chase and Green and your YouTube channel, Jake. But so um, First Light just put out this new um, waterfowl show, right, Dave? Uh, last yeah. night was the first. So I watched it, and this is what they're doing. They're down in Texas, and they're doing Texas teal. Um, and the, the the main the main I guess guy the host of the show he was actually saying that teal is one of the slowest moving ducks that there is it's just that they're at a hundred percent all the time so it just seems like they're ridiculously fast right but I know like so uh, a common Magan- a hen common meganzer is faster than a teal uh, most people don't know that and don't believe me when I say it, but it, but it is true. But anyways, they were talking about it, uh, that the teal was one of the slowest moving ducks. And then there's like, I don't know, let's say there's a flock of 20 teal come in and you see the guys are like, take them. And like, they're moving so fast that by the time they get their shoulders up, that their guns up the shoulder, they're already way way too far out of range they can't even pull the trigger on them because they you know what i mean like it was just oh yeah it was madness
3: yeah i would have never have guessed that which you know i think canvas back is the fastest or at least is that right always yeah but no i i would have guessed teal to be in the top i mean they don't call them blue rockets for nothing i know I mean, they're moving when they come through there
1: <laughs> so this this guy was saying is it's because they are always at a hundred percent so they yeah. are they are flying as fast as they can always and that's why people think they're because there's there's ducks that's actually faster when that when they get it when they get going and,
2: and i think i appreciate it more when they show on their videos that you do miss right yeah like sure. you get some of these guys and I'm not, i won't say any names but you get some of these guys that are like whoa boy i got three for three on that one and, and you're like what? What about the last five rounds? Like, oh, you haven't missed yet. You don't know. No, it's a fact that you're gonna miss. You're gonna miss yeah. a lot, right? Like it's it just happens. So when you show that stuff, it it kind of shows reality, right? Like
3: so sure. And, yeah, and that's definitely what I do. I mean, yeah, oh like- yeah. If you watch much of our stuff at all, you're going to see plenty of missing. That's just part of it. We try to show the whole deal. And some days we shoot lights out and some days it's like we've never been duck hunting before. So yeah. Yeah. Don't,
2: don't be embarrassed by it. Like it's, it's part of it, right? It's it, kind of it's kinda it gets fun frustrating,
1: too. but those days when you're, when you're on, right? Like you're pulling off triples, like three shots, three kills, um just making ridiculous shots and then the next day you couldn't hit the broadside of a burn like it's yeah. and it happens you know oh, yeah it, um and it's just so frustrating and then of course your buddies are chirping you at the same time right which adds to it um yes yeah. so you know it it yeah. your, your really good days are the ones that you don't have a
2: camera <laughs>
3: oh That's yeah what of course, it is, of, right? course uh, of course yeah, uh, yeah for sure yeah, I mean, it's definitely you. Definitely have your bad days. I mean, I just switched guns this past season, and that made a huge difference for me. Um, so,
1: what are you? What What did
3: you have, and what did you switch to, if you don't mind saying? Man, I just I never put much into the into the gun side things. So I was more putting, you know, the money towards getting to the ducks, and I'll figure out how to kill them once I get there. But um, I had a Beretta a three hundred Outlander. Yeah, and it it felt okay and everything. It just I think I just had a bad, you know, a, a bad version. Yeah. I mean, it was trash. It lasted three seasons, and I mean, it was a, a glorified single shot. I hated it, really. Um, and then I actually had a subscriber that was feeling sorry for me, and and out of the blue, he just bought me another gun, and I never heard of it before. It's one of these Turkish-made guns. Uh, it's actually called Gershon. Okay. And, man, it feels exactly like a Benelli. It's pretty much a Benelli clone. Um, it, it functions like wine. They pretty much – the patent ran out on Benelli. There's a lot of people knocking them off now. And um, I love that gun, man. It, really? it fits me so good. And my, my shooting percentage went way up this year. You know, it was an obvious difference. Wow. And you're so shooting I, 12 gauge, right? Yeah, yeah that's all yep. so I see.
1: So I had a Benelli um could not hit anything if my life depended on it and i'm not even joking to mark uh oh where is mark anyways um i'm here okay um and and mark mark bore witness to it on so many hunts watching me miss 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 and then i switched to the a300 and crazy so just like you like i just love the gun i love the way it feels it works for me um you know, so it's, it's weird. It's, um, Phil and, and I know Phil, Dave and Mark, they've talked about it a number of times, you know, uh, we, we have these Facebook groups up here in Ontario, right? So there's always somebody that's saying, okay, guys, what gun should I got? What, what gun should I buy? And then people are always, yeah, you should buy this brand, this brand, this brand. But then we get guys like Phil, Mark and Dave will jump in and say, listen, go try it. Like go and, and shoulder it and, and see how it feels. Don't buy your gun off what somebody tells you because yeah, what works for one is not gonna work for another.
3: For sure. It's all about fit. I mean, that's yeah. really all that matters how it feels for you. Um, you know, once you get up into the big the big brands, they're pretty much all gonna be the same other than how they fit you. Um,
4: so like early, early in my waterfalling. Career. Like I started it with an 870, like everybody and their cousin. And then my first semi was a Beretta AL 391 Eureka. Oh yeah. And I shot I shot that gun like a burn on fire. Like that I could shoot one-handed behind my back, eyes closed, still drop triples. Like it was just an amazing gun. And then of course <laughs>
2: Oh, you know, here we
4: go. Here we then, go. Then, 18 and then, a half foot boat. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah, don't, don't you forget it? But then you know, of course, you know, gun nut inside of me is like, well, let's try something different. And I tried a frankie I twelve, which didn't work out so well for me. And I had a Browning Maxis, though so the first generation Maxis, and it wasn't too long after after Browning came out with the Maxis. Absolutely loved that gun. Like it was, just, it was well made. I love the features, the feel, everything was. It was a good, a great tool, but Christ, do you think I could hit the ground if I dropped that gun? Nope. <laughs> like I tried shimming that thing six ways from Sunday and just, no, just wouldn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it goes to show like there's no one magical gun for everybody. And then like, I'm now onto the Benelli's. I've own, my own I don't know, three or four Benelli's now. i like, they work for me. All of my Benelli's are all shimmed the exact same way. You will know, shoot right on point, just like I said. All, all, of them are, you know, right on the money for me, and that, well, that's what works for me. Sure. Which may not work for you or someone else. And like the biggest thing is, you know, if you got to have proper fit and feel to you. It's not what you like and what you want to spend. It's what works for you.
0: Yeah, I agree.
4: Mitch has his finger
0: a up. Oh, yes, yes, Mark. I've, ne- I've never had a shotgun not work for me. Not. Not in function, but in hitting point of aim. Every shotgun I've ever used has killed birds. You, you know uh, what?
1: <laughs> <Ba-dee-da>. <laughs>
0: I bought my son I bought
2: my son a gun there for turkey season last year. And I was getting frustrated because we were, we were trying to sight it in. And he's shooting and he's not afraid of it. He just couldn't hit the damn target. Like to the point that there wasn't pellets hitting the target. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, give me the damn thing. And and after a couple shots, I was like, I tried it and I was like, what the, f-? so then I moved closer, <clears throat> the thing was shooting six inches higher than the top of the target.
4: Mm-hmm. I'd
2: never seen it before. So anyway, to the company that I traded into, hopefully it worked.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I, I have something here, Dave, that you should buy. I know.
2: Yeah. But you, you shouldn't go. say that publicly because someone that i'm married to might watch this
1: <laughs> <laughs> she won't <laughs>
2: watch it
0: Tr- trust me your wife's not
1: your wife is <laughs> not watching us I can, prom- I can promise you that
2: the Let only time that she, the only time she might hear it is when i'm editing the video so now i have to wear headphones this time
4: right, <laughs> right. that that has come back to bite me in the ass. so i already know my wife does not watch the episodes But like her and I were sitting like within feet of each other. And I was just like flipping through old episodes one night and like watching some of our past shows. And I can't remember which episode it is, but it's an episode where I go on a bit of a rant about not being able to get out of the house at like four o'clock in the morning because I had to take the kids to school. And there was some choice words and things said in the episode. And there's my wife sitting right next to me. And it's just like... That'll learn, yeah. Death stare. And I'm just like... And we'll turn that off now. I'm not going to go <laughs> this way. And I'm just like, I'm a dead man. Oh, yeah. Oops.
1: <laughs> Love you, Take, um, so just to bring this back now. So YouTube, um, you guys are on YouTube. You're obviously on Instagram. Are you on Facebook? TikTok? Any of that stuff? Like, what what's your socials? Like, how can people watch chase and green and, and follow
3: you guys uh definitely primarily youtube that's where the focus is and i'd say Instagram is the second most used thing and i do have a facebook but you know i don't do much with it it's pretty yeah. much just on there youtube's pretty much the place where you can find me and find all our content so,
2: so do you have a re- a release schedule or is it just like you have a hunt you might post it like how do you do your release schedule
3: Usually, to- like, not during hunting season, it's every Monday um, once I start releasing, which is usually March or April. I take a little bit of time off, and then, you know, I get back into it around April or so. And uh, during hunting season, it's just as much, it depends on what's going on. It's hard to hunt every day and edit, too. And And, it, you know, as quickly as I can get them out, I get them out. It's usually a video or two per week. And uh, I try to do them on a Monday, but it can get pretty random and, and all over the place. Uh, it's just, man, it's hard to, to hunt all day, especially on the days where you don't get on that morning and you're hunting in the evening and then you're not getting in until nine, 10 o'clock at night. And, and the last thing I want to do
4: is edit. <laughs> yeah, I bet. During, so during, like, so where you live, Jake, like, so it's just, I have a few questions I kind of have to question, answer, question, answer. So where you live, how long's your season? in arkansas is 60 days 60
3: days and and then the other states i hunt i'm not sure but it's longer it's here it's broke down by the flyway you know we have the atlantic flyway the mississippi the central and the pacific yeah and so each one of those flyways gets different amounts of days and you know all the states in that flyway have to abide by that limit how many days do you hunt it varies every year but now that i travel um definitely more i usually hunt five to six days a week and i don't want sundays that's kind of like my day off and um i'd say probably 70 to 80 something like that
4: so like legit like you work nine months of the year and hunt three full-time yeah pretty you much it's down. been that, been that way since the day i graduated high school but <laughs> god, god god bless you you are single and have no kids <laughs> no nah, i'm married
3: but no oh, kids okay. yet that was kind of i got super blessed with an awesome wife man 100
4: percent, you did she's completely jealous.
1: <laughs> hey yeah. phil hey phil make sure make sure your earbuds are on when you say that <laughs> for,
3: okay bud <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it I, helps I know. When, you know it's not a conflict with the family and she's totally all on board for the duck hunting thing so yeah. that
4: god, that's, god bless her that's awesome, that's awesome yeah. i'm I'm, she, I'm one day a week two if i'm lucky
3: ah uh, yeah <laughs> that'd, that'd be tough man yeah. is, is she
2: into hunting Have you ever tried taking her hunting
3: yeah, she, uh, she shot her first deer last year, actually, and um, for the crossbow, and I nice. tried to take her duck hunting, but the way we duck hunt on public land is not really great for, you know, first-time people. It's walking two miles through mud yeah. and laying in the mud. It's not like a heated blind, ride the boat up to it and get out. Uh, so I've, take, I've took her a few times, but, you know, I, it's really just our hunts are a little too hardcore for, I think, the average guy most of the time
4: yeah like you'd really have to pick and choose yeah like she likes
3: like... it though I mean she she likes to hunt and we do other types of hunting but duck hunting's kind of my my business time and and it's all about the you know it's all about that when that's going on so nice um, but yeah man I would probably I, I'd duck hunt every day before chasing green and I'd probably duck hunt every day even if I wasn't filming it's just what I like to do for you
4: gotta do something with your time and money right Yeah. Yeah. And you're a long time dead and you can't take it with you. Yeah. And that's it, man. That's it. It's, it's awesome just to get
3: lost in the, in the chess game, you know, day in day out trying to figure out what they're going to do and where they're going to be tomorrow. It's just, I love it. Every part of it.
4: Any big, uh, big, big gear upgrades for next season or.
3: Oh man. That's, you know how that goes. There is a never ending list of stuff that I want. Um, so I need yeah. a boat. I need
4: things I want, and... things I can actually afford.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: You
3: know, now it really comes what? down to what companies can I talk into helping me out? And,
1: and you know what? The, and, and that's a, that's a good point because I think um, I think the, the days of the, the pro staff and, and those days are, are, are going the way the dodo bird, right like you're starting to see more and more companies go get away from it because there's just there's so much there's so many people out there asking but when you have a quality product like what you guys have it's only a matter of time buddy and they'll come knocking on your door and they'll be sure. and, and they'll start asking you to to start you know showcasing their product and stuff because you're doing it the right way you're not you know yeah I know you know what I mean. So um, sure. I, yeah. I, I got all kinds of faith in the world. I think people are going to be beating down your door here before long offering up. You may not get a new boat dropped off in your uh, driveway, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the decoys and, and all that stuff. Hey, listen, you had a subscriber buy a gun, dude. That is that's winning.
4: That's
1: that's winning in my book right there.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it was awesome, man. Who likes XL boats.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but Yeah. Uh, the next biggest thing is definitely a boat you know you get older and it just gets harder to to walk to two mile and two mile out carrying 100 pounds of gear i mean i'm still more willing to do it but a boat would make things awesome that's what i need right there oh,
4: yeah. if, if i'm not mistaken in one episode i watched i think it was you and another guy you're in like a 10 or 12 foot car topper john boat <laughs> yeah that, that thing's about two feet wide it was half full of water yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm watching the episode I'm like these two guys are gonna die this is yeah. jake's <laughs> last episode
3: man we've had a lot of uh a lot of rounds and in, in under under boats man it's yeah. it's kind of we take the best of what we can get our hands on and and try to get to the ducks um we've had a couple of rounds like that but yeah, boat a frame layouts. So that's definitely the, the big ticket items that I need next. So I always can use more cameras. It's never ending, man. It's, yeah, you you'll never have enough. More,
1: but... You'll never have enough decoys. You'll never have enough. You know, there's always a new jacket or a new pair of gloves that you got to try. That that's the that always seems to be the hardest one to find, right? That perfect pair
3: of gloves. Um, exactly. There's yeah. No such thing. Yeah. No no yeah man no, no. i've gotten aware i i don't even wear them really and midway through your hands just get so like callous you need them but I, I actually started getting these like um they're called atlas gloves i'm sure you guys have seen them they're orange and and i forget what they use them for but it's not really duck hunting related but they're the best you know like decoy gloves as far oh, as water gloves crabber gloves use.
0: Yeah, oh, Crabble Crabble. oh, okay. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about.
3: Yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just started using them this past season. Those were awesome, man. I just wear them
0: until I got ready to call and stuff, and and they did the job. I had a friend who worked in the at a place that had access to really good gloves, and that's how I got my gloves that I use for that kind of thing.
4: Yeah, one of the best one of the best decoy gloves. Like I use these more so for diver hunting. But one of the best decoy gloves I ever bought was a pair of electro fishing gloves So these like the glove itself actually has a reasonable of uh, like insulation in them but these sleeves like they will come up to almost here so you know, no wet jackets, jackets it. like like prove like it. nothing put them on <laughs> <Prove> <laughs> it. are you going to check to see if the cows are pregnant Phil elephants. <laughs> look at that thing (laughs) look at that that's awesome man
1: so so literally you could wear a vest
4: and those gloves (laughs) just like Beerman because Brandon Beerman doesn't wear a jacket he only only owns vests. yeah But yeah like they come up almost to my armpit so if we're doing diver hunting and stuff like these were well worth I think I paid 20 bucks for these so like three dollars American uh, yeah that, that's great <laughs> that's
1: awesome okay boys we're at that hour merc um we're gonna cut it short jake buddy um we'd love to have you back on the show again um because i sure think got, yeah it was fun um i'd really love to have you back on the show again so we'll do a quick uh around the table get any last minute questions and uh and then we'll come back to you um Merck. uh
0: good to meet you jake uh, Good to pick your brain a little about the, the different recording of stuff you're doing. Uh, I do have a question. Like you guys probably didn't take too long before you realized you needed a lot more batteries for your cameras or was that something you had, you had going first,
3: man, as far as batteries for the camera early, we, we bought a lot of those cheap aftermarket batteries. And that was a bad move. Those just no matter the brand, they just won't hold up to the cold. They're fine you know on a warm day but you know their biggest downfall is when it gets below 32 or below zero celsius for you guys um i think so what it, yeah <laughs> it is. But, yeah um you know they just die immediately so just buying the good stock original batteries and just having a few of them is the way to go at least in my opinion Thanks. Thanks for
2: go for gopro they came out with the new enduro battery I think it's geared in mine what's that for the GoPro 10? It's called an enduro battery and it's meant for the cold weather. I think it's aimed at like the skiers and those snowbums and shit like that. But yeah, it's called an enduro battery. It's so yours
0: is blue, the enduro yeah. is
2: like a, a gray or a white.
0: So that's the one that came with my 10. Yeah. And so, I so did I, buy another one, but I, I'm gonna go looking for what you're talking about now. Yeah. Sorry. And that's fully. why,
1: and that's why we have Dave because he's like he's a nuclear scientist and stuff and he knows about that yeah he's smart and he's a firefighter S- and, he's a far- S-M-R-T. Yeah. S-M-R-T. and he's a yeah
4: and firefighter <laughs> philly over to you buddy um jake again like lo- love the content and the video and stuff that you put out It's an amazing material and for those that are watching as jake mentioned you know half hour ago or so jake hunts 95% public land and goes out there and crushes ducks day in, day out. You can do the same. Put in the legwork. You don't need a private membership. You don't need to hunt these prestigious duck clubs. You spend the legwork. You spend some time behind the windshield. You scout, and you can slay ducks just like Jake does. And, dude, keep up the great work.
3: Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, public land is where it's at. It's, it's the way to go. It's free yeah you can go tr- spend the same amount of money you would go spend and get in a club and go travel to two or three different areas and have an awesome adventure and journey and hunt completely different terrain and it's just a lot more it's a lot more efficient to me to put your money in public land
4: yeah and like i probably spend twice the amount of time scouting than i do hunt
3: yeah
1: and I, <laughs> I
4: enjoy that just as much
3: for sure
1: thanks
2: uh First off, I just wanted to talk about the sportsman show while we're still talking about it. Yeah. Uh, if you've listened, to, if you've got this far in the episode, make sure you bring your cell phone and can prove that you're following us on Instagram and YouTube. Just throwing that out there. Just, there's going to be some damn good prizes. I'm just saying. Thank you, Lori So uh, can I win?
1: No, you can't uh, win. No, you're not yeah. winning.
2: You're with <laughs> us. You're already a winner.
1: Yeah. So, that's right yeah it's it's all about jake. hey it's all about the opportunity mark it's all about yeah. the opportunity <laughs> oh, <multiple> <laughs> <followers>. <laughs> but that
2: being said jake awesome episode i appreciate picking your brain here and if you see some weird guy messaging you asking you for more tips just it was me
3: <laughs> humor me
2: throw me a little tip and that's about it oh <laughs> no know.
3: man you can hit me up anytime yeah
2: I don't thanks know if I can luck. help
3: you. I'd probably hurt you more than help you, but feel free to message well, me whenever. You just spent $3,000 on my money, so thanks.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, thanks, if you buddy. get one, I, I, it's linked in my Amazon affiliate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> awesome. Be sure and click on the channel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jake, buddy, last words to you.
3: Man, I just appreciate you guys having me. i really enjoyed just getting to know you guys and talking. I would really like to come up and hunt at some point. So, and if you guys ever get down, you know, to my neck of the woods, you're welcome to come with me as well. So, one hundred percent. Keep in touch, and I'd like to talk ducks anytime. I can promise you
1: that if I can get down to Arkansas, I will one hundred percent be hit, hitting you all one hundred percent. And I hope um if you uh if and you come to ontario <laughs> hey um i just Your i'd love to be yeah, yeah i just and,
4: yeah. I, damien's
0: wi-fi craps out yeah oh,
4: even the really? wi-fi wants us to keep talking
0: like yeah. you know we didn't hear half of you what you said yeah uh, we're having a great
2: episode yeah. okay uh, damien go ahead
1: uh, <laughs> oh i just showed up my internet connections unstable uh the invite yeah. is here for you, buddy. If you want to come up, if you ever want to come to Ontario, um, just shoot us a message and we would be honored to have you uh, share a blind with us and, and have some laughs and, and uh, get some pictures of me missing birds. Um, it, would be, it would be awesome. We would really,
3: really love it. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. And I, Lord willing, I'll take you up on that someday. There you go, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this was
1: episode 83 at the union 0430. Um, like we always say, we're not experts. We're a bunch of friends that absolutely love one another's company. And we love talking bird hunting and then getting to meet these amazing people that come on as guests. Um, still to this day, boys, I'm still floored that when we reach out to someone and ask them if they'd want to come on the show, they, they do. Uh, it still blows my mind um, and you're coming to us all the way from the great state of Arkansas, Jake. So uh, we can't thank you enough. Thanks for this, buddy. Um, Phil, great work. Thank you for uh, linking us up with, uh, with Jake. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out Chase and Green. I promise you, it is some of the best duck hunting videos you will see on uh, YouTube. I promise you. Um, so with that, Check out Chase and Green, follow him, ring the bell, subscribe. Don't forget to ring the bell and subscribe to our channel too. And uh, for anybody that's going, hopefully we see you at the Toronto Sportsman Show. Philly's wearing a thong, so um, bring your cameras. (laughs) Man Keeney. Big love, everybody. Um, Thanks for this, boys. Until next time.